Ben so, looks pissed. Um, did you guys have something? Did you have a argument? Today? Yeah, we had an argument. We're yeah. not talking right now. He's like got his back to you. This is talking in chairs. Yeah, nice. Uh, great podcast. Great intro. Great intro. Uh, we might even try it again, just because <laughs> that was so For good. For shits and giggles. You ever thought about where that came from? For shits and giggles? Yeah, you know, you're like, oh, I just said that for shits and giggles. Do you, or just do you know this or do you just... I'm asking. I don't know. I, think I it's like, have no idea. Do you think people got that excited that they were like, is it like, I mean, not to be gross, but, you know, shits. shitting yourself? You shit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what was that again? <laughs> <laughs> you get um, so excited. You, just, you, you know. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever gotten so excited that I shit my pants. Right. Have you? So what would shits... I just did that for shits and giggles. Maybe it's just like it's something you do every day. It's not a big deal. You shit every day. You giggle every day. This is Talking in Chairs. <laughs> this is the world's greatest podcast uh, where Douglas Which Joe, we're not just saying that. It's been voted that in uh, the SF Weekly for four years running. Where Douglas and Joe pick a topic uh, that you suggest, and then we use feats of skill um, to choose the story. <laughs> skill and, is a stretch, but yeah. Yeah. Or... or Feats in general, uh, which is spinning bin, and then we choose a, a story and discuss it. So why don't we get to the main event and just spin Ben and see who has this awesome let's, story? Let's spin this Benno, and then you can you can tell me the story of where shits and giggles came from. Well, I mean, if I win, if you win, but that's actually not my topic. But I okay. don't know if we'll find out. Ben, come here. Come on, Benno. First, uh, the second part of the show after the intro is corralling a. How old is Ben? Uh, he is five. A five-year-old cat. And okay, cat years aren't like dog years, right? Like dog years are times seven-ish. Okay. What's right. a cat? Okay, I'm just gonna go for the spin. We definitely need theme music for the Ben spin. Yeah, we do. Oh, he's gone though. He's going good. Uh oh. He actually was kind of cooperative this on this one. Coming around to me, actually. I think this he is. is a, this is like a long. Ooh, oh. Well, what do you do with that one? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he turned. Is that you? Because he turned to you. Otherwise, it's a respin because yeah. it's a middle, right? I think it's a respin. Okay. Well, hold on. Let's clarify. If okay. the cat turns. I thought it was usually he jumps off. It, you ever seen that uh, that uh, soap opera? As the cat turns. Oh my god, did you really do that? <laughs> wow. All right, do you want to give him it's, a spin? Uh, it's about Garfield's later years in the retirement home. Addicted right. to... What was his owner's name? Uh, John? I have I no idea. Know. There was yeah. something really boring. Let us know. All right, let's spin this guy. Okay. So if it. he turns, I say we go with the turn. Okay. But, but it has to be before the chair is completely stopped. That was a whole horrible spin also exactly and, in the middle and he yawned yep that's a yawn yeah well, i don't want him to get dizzy and throw up you're a good father all right you got it damn it okay. man that's like two or three in a row 
You got a magnet in your cat. Yeah, but I'm really excited about mine anyway. Are you? Yeah. And it's good timing for mine. As so. if mine's not. I mean, mine is actually timeless. <laughs> I have no doubt. Yours all of mine are timeless. Yours are all timeless. Iconic, if you will. This one might actually require some editing. <laughs> well, I'm hungover, so that's my... Uh, is that it Yeah, if I'm, I will be slow to react. What did you do last night? I went to a show. And, oh, uh, right, right. Yeah, you t- you told me about Mount Joy at uh, Denord. Not to, not to put time frames. I don't want people Googling when this show was so they know when this was being recorded. But, you know, when it was, was good. It was fun. It was nice. Uh, was it awesome? Uh, you know, I'm not writing. I don't write home in general that much these days. But uh, it was it was good. Okay. It was good show. Um, do you want to talk about death now? God damn it! Here it is, vomiting rainbows. It is vomiting rainbows. Yeah, of course. It's going to be some they're dark, not even gonna know, shitty topic. They're not even going to know that I accidentally introduced this as vomiting rainbows, but now they will. Now they will. Now they'll understand why that shits and giggles. Thing. And they're also not going to know it's not vomiting rainbows because it's your voice and you're still doing black news. I am dark news. I am still doing dark news. Um, so what does the term Point Nemo mean to you? Well, it's a funny thing that you asked that question. I actually know the answer to this. Do you really? Yeah. Um, Shit. So, so did we pick the same topic? Uh, no. But oh. uh, well, I mean, I guess we'll we'll find out. Okay. So, Point Nemo. Um, not a lot of people know that Finding Nemo is based on a true story. Okay. Um, and this, the fish, obviously, you know, not cartoon, but real goldfish and whatnot, uh, and tropical fish. Um, there was a giant school of them off the coast of uh, uh, Papua New Guinea in the early 1970s, and they found out that there was this one fish who could like find sunken treasure. Um, so they basically would follow this fish around the the seafloor, and like a pointer, like a hound, where you uh-huh. go like a hunting hound, uh, the fish would actually point with its like right fin. At uh, a location where there would usually be buried treasure. Really? Yeah. So it's Point Nemo. That is the biggest crock of bullshit <laughs> you have ever come up with. I mean, and I was I, I was actually listening to you intently, yeah. and I was like, uh, that's, <laughs> "That's nice when it works out that way." The really funny part is, uh, uh, I think Papua New Guinea is in the area where Point Nemo. Well, well there you not, have it. It's not far, right? So uh, the. Multiple truths in this in there, this topic today. Then there is. I just now have this little fish <laughs> pointing. It's pointing. Fin. Yeah, at picture treasure, it dude. At treasure. Yeah, that's kind of good. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's real. It's real. Cousteau uh, uh, was one of the people to follow the Point Nemo. Uh, Jack Cousteau was one of the reasons it's called Point Nemo because he was the captain of one of not Jack Cousteau. It was a. Uh, what was the 10,000? Jules Verne was Jules one Verne, of the guys. 10,000 years under the yeah. sea. So Nemo was the captain. Got it. Uh, point Nemo is the farthest point uh, in the ocean from any landmass on Earth. It is. Wait, there's only one of them? Only one of them. And it's off the coast of Papua New Guinea? It is. No, it's off the coast of New Zealand. Oh. Don't drag me into your lies. Wait, wait, wait. Run that back. It's the, it's the what? Furthest point in the ocean from any landmass on Earth. Okay. It's between so New it's, Zealand so and Chile. So when you say point, you're saying, okay, I got it, like like a, a, a spot. It's a spot that is... Uh, in the water that's mm-hmm. farther away from any other land. Any other land okay. on Earth. Got it. Um, it is about uh, 
2,500 miles away from the west coast of New Zealand. Okay. Um, is where I'm going to go. Whoa. This is a very personal topic. Yeah. You're and going to Point Nemo or you're going to New Zealand? New Zealand. Got it. Not Point Nemo. Yeah. That, really where are you going to land? Yeah. Seaplane. You can pull it off. Yeah, but there's really nothing there. Uh, I mean, do you know that for sure? Maybe they want you to think that. Maybe. Anyway. That. Anyway. Uh, you, you'll you take care of Ben. Sure. For, for a month. I'm going for like a month. I'm going to just fill your hot tub with cat litter and, okay. and <laughs> shove them in there with bouncy balls and kibble you're not touching my cat <laughs> um so this area of land or this area that point nemo is the center point of yeah um is actually a larger mass and that mass is called uh hold on i have it put but I, i'm not here. i don't think what do you it's mean called, mass though uh this, this area isn't land yeah but this area okay is called the southern uh pacific uh, ocean uninhabited area hmm. and that area um, is about 1,800 miles uh, from north to south which is about 3,000 kilometers for the people in New Zealand got it um, thank you for clarifying we have a lot of listeners down there and then 3,000 miles about uh, five five thousand kilometers from east to west or from west to east got it so um, it's big it is enormous uh, so, so you know, are we talking larger than the United States, uh, larger than North America? What's what's a relative uh, example we can use here? How far is it across the U.S.? It's like three thousand miles. Right? Sure. So I, I yeah, know, five five hundred. I, I would know. say it's a a little bit bigger. It's than like the, the continental U.S. US. Yeah. Okay. And so that's a lot of space. This is a, since we're talking about death. This is a place. <laughs> are, are we? We are. This is a place called the Spacecraft Cemetery. It's the final oh. resting place of 145 Russian Progress autonomous resupply ships, four of Japan's uh, HTV large cargo crafts. Good topic, Doug. I like this. Uh, five good. ESA automated transfer vehicles, mm-hmm. and six Russian Sal- Salyut space stations. Hmm. And one of the most famous Russian space stations, the Mir space station, Mm -hmm. also is there. So can I ask, uh, these are all there because, like, ocean currents, when these things get, like, flown back to the Earth, they land and end up going there? Or is that where they shoot them to and they sink when they hit? So there's nowhere else to drag them? Or, like, why do they end up there? This is where all the countries agreed that this is the safest place to have them drop. Wow. Because it's far away. Coming back from space. Right. Because it's far away from. Far that. away from everything. And so you don't you don't try to, there's never been an effort to like, oh, my spaceship's back. We're going to grab all the fuselage and take it back. They just let it sink to the bottom of the ocean. None of it is, like, none of these are meant to re-enter the atmosphere. So they are burning up. It looks like when they're coming through, I watched one of them uh, come through, mm-hmm. uh, and it, it looks like a comet coming into the well but but these obviously did make they weren't supposed to they were supposed to no they will they will burn up but they will leave a trail of debris they will um some parts of it can be up to 20 to 50 tons so these are like i i'm picturing these spaceship body they're not really probably like just pieces that have been burned up and right fall okay melted so it's just tons of spaceship debris got it right so they break up Man. Through the atmosphere, they're meant. Remember, like you, when you see a, a satellite launch into space, yeah, it's like in a protective shell. It opens up just like the car that we saw shot into space. Like oh. it, it. These things are just falling apart. Yeah, and they're yeah. like they're meant 
to withstand space, but when they get when they fall out of orbit, they're done. They're done. Yeah. So there's nothing really salvageable. Got it. Um. So uh, the mirror to give you an That's idea, awfully messy. It's very messy. Oh. Um. Obviously, this is important because we need to have uh, a controlled burn. But to give you an idea of why uh, this is, it needs to be so large. Is the mirror weighed about? Uh, 150 tons when it started coming back to earth mm-hmm. um it uh was about the size of a bus um or two buses mm-hmm. um and it started to break up about 59 miles or 95 kilometers nice uh You're really owning that yeah i'm really owning that um and left a, def- a debris field of 1800 miles jesus so i that's, mean but- and then imagine this 60 uh, miles wide. So that is a huge stretch of area of things that could be very massive and very small. Yeah. And would, if they weren't landing in the proper place, like if it landed over... Well, New Zealand. I mean, that's what... So as it's coming down, are there reports of... I mean, this is a massive area, Point Nemo, obviously, but are there times when it's coming down that it hits land or they've always been successful in avoiding all that? Um, There have been 50 craft that have uh, done what they called an un- uncontrolled re-entry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was surprised to find that um, the, the Space Shuttle Columbia was considered one of those. Wow. Um, but uh, imagine like all of this stuff falling, falling down is like incredibly hot, impre- incredibly dangerous. Um, and uh, these things can uh, be about the size of... Uh, usually the size of train cars and weigh about half of a fully loaded 747. Wow. So when this kind of uncontrolled descent doesn't happen, or when this controlled... Ben's got some uncontrolled descents going on over there. (laughs) I'm just going to hum the Jurassic Park theme. Wow, that is just going to take some... That's going to take some work. All right, cool. Anyway, so... uh, uh, when these controlled descents happen, uh, Chile uh, and New Zealand's maritime a- agency gets a warning a few days ahead of time, um, and uh, they tell people to stay out of that Southern Pacific Ocean uninhabited area. Right. Why is this important? I mean, to not get killed by a giant piece of spaceship. Right. Yeah. It's because, remember a long time ago, I told you about the Taigon spacecraft? You're going to have to refresh my memory on that one. It was a a Chinese space station that was coming back into the Earth and was going to hit us on the head. I do remember this, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So... Was that uncontrolled? It is uncontrolled. And it is... uh, Wait, it's still coming back? It's still coming back. Oh, Jesus. And it will have a huge debris area. It's about a uh, a 100-ton space station. It's not aimed at uh, Point Nemo, huh? Uh, it is not. It What's is completely at? uncontrolled. They have no. They don't even know. They have no communication with it whatsoever. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah. When's it set to land? They don't know. <laughs> what, dude? Yeah. Uh, they can't predict any debris trail. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're also having uh trouble predicting when it will reenter and where it will land. How? How? Isn't that strange? Like they've been able to predict all the others, even the uncontrolled ones. Why? Why no, is this that, unique? Or all most of uncontrolled ones, they can't. Yeah, and we've exactly. never had an issue where it's like landed and hurt anybody. Or does this <laughs> so, actually happen a lot? So, in 2011, mm-hmm. the only known strike of an object re-entering space and hitting a human 
was in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh-huh. And it was a, a girl who was named Lottie Williams who was walking around a park. She saw uh, around 3 a.m. She saw a shooting star. What the hell is she doing out at 3 a.m., Doug? I know. Sounds, sounds little, fishy to me. Yep. Around 3.30 or 4 a.m., she said she felt a tap on her shoulder hmm. and freaked out because there was no one around her. Yeah. Um, that tap on, then she heard something fall on the ground beside her. What the uh, fuck? And there, uh, the item that she saw, she picked up, um, and it was a piece of insulation from a Delta rocket uh, sent up into space in 1996 that hit her, <laughs> hit her on the shoulder. She what was, year? Uh, 1996. Okay, so so it happened around. It wasn't like 10 years later. It lost its orbit and came down. No, it, that's exactly what happened. So it was 2011. Oh, got it, got it, got it. Okay, yeah. Um, and so uh, that was confirmed later by a University of Tulsa professor in geosciences that she took it to. So she's the only person, obviously not injured. Yeah. She was very fortunate. Um, I mean, and I guess the world's covered by mostly water and ocean so that exactly. makes sense that the, there's a probability that's pretty limited in getting hit so that uh kind of leads us to are we going to get hit by tygon Ty- okay so i don't think we're going to get hit by tygon just on the basis of probability but okay. if this were to continue to happen more and more and i mean i guess this is a selling point to things like spacex that maybe have more control over these things mm-hmm. but when you're talking about this one that hit lottie yeah lottie good yeah. name um lottie williams that so so if that took six years i mean how many other do they know are there like thousands of different pieces of machine orbiting that could lose their like how does oh, that happen how does doubt. that some something that small lose its orbit and fall to earth that also doesn't make sense to me so it gets to hit give by you, something else to give you an idea this uh the thing that hit lottie uh was the so you know when uh, the rocket shoots into space and you see it the body jettison off mm-hmm. well that body's just cruising around the the orbit of the earth mm-hmm. and then because of that thing cruising around the orbit of the earth um it will um slowly get pulled back into the earth's atmosphere right because it has no propulsion right so it just uh, takes a while right um so the good thing is that just before this podcast i got an update and it turns out the chinese space station actually entered the atmosphere and broke up oh it well, you bro- just messing with my emotions though, i was you? i was messing with your emotions so we're good we're clear we are clear wow. um it crashed over the northwest side of tahiti um and it just happened to be just outside of the uh satellite graveyard Wow. So it actually kind of... But it hit land or it hit ocean? It hit ocean. And it burned up mostly before it hit. Exactly. Wow. So we're safe from that. So wouldn't there be... I mean, like, all these spaceships are made of pretty high-tech stuff, right? Right. And granted, it's burned up or whatever, and it's waterlogged, but I feel like wouldn't there be treasure hunters just, like, raking in the dough? I mean, why why don't we start a company that, like, goes to Point Nemo... Is it un- is is it unaccessible because there could be stuff falling there at any point? No, I, I get think a big crane, pick it all up, and like melt it into something, you know, like a beanie baby toy or something. <laughs> the, the mirror, and the be mirror. like space beanie babies. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I, I'm with you. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the area that it broke up, all of these things have broken up in, mm-hmm. is so vast. Yeah, I think you would have a lot of trouble 
pinpointing spread it. Spread it out, yeah. But it's a possibility. Like a fishnet for space debris. I feel like you could find it. Yeah, I agree. You just have to have some pretty complicated... Like, if but is there no one out there trying? I, don't I think, think we should trying. put a mission in finding someone who's trying to recover treasure. I feel like... I think it was Jeff Bezos who went that out... That sounds about right. He went out and f- tried to find the Saturn V rockets. Okay. Why? Um, not sure. Yeah. But um, he did go out and actually find it. In this graveyard? Probably, uh, right? I don't I don't know if it was... If, it, if we were using the graveyard at that point. I think they just... So before it was like... I, see what happens. I, yeah, I think this close is, your eyes and spray. <laughs> spray and spray and pray, baby. <laughs> close your eyes and spray. What is that? I don't know. No, I mean like you know you're like you know you're just you're doing your thing. <laughs> is this some sort of sex, sexual? No, is that sexual? No, it's like we're we got our rockets up there. We're gonna hope for the best. See what happens. Just just drop them. Let them spray all over the country. What what was the what, what? was the, what was the thing that you were saying earlier the uh um giggle <laughs> the the term uh shits and giggles. Shits and giggles. Let's yeah. see. Let's just find out what that actually means. Uh or where See, it this from. is an idea for another podcast. Uh no, it isn't. We've Saints. got a minute. Real-time googling. It is. Um, all right, there we go. It probably came out of wow, this person. Uh, there was a term uh, called for shits that came out of for kicks, which was the original, like, I get a kick out of you type thing. Mm-hmm. That makes um, sense. And the which would be interesting to see where that came from, though. Do you used to kick things you like? I guess. Yeah. Uh, so and does shit mean kick in like Swedish or something? No, they just were pl- it was a pun on words in the 1970s. Got it. So this is in wrote, the 70s. Yeah, shits and giggles is is a disco thing. Uh, it's actually comes from the 80s for shits and grins is when it. Uh, and then and then people would laugh because they couldn't hold the grin. And then for shits and giggles appeared later in the 1990s. What the f? Yeah, it took off in popularity from the movie Saved by the Bell. No, Austin Powers International Man. Wow, Mystery. that's shits and giggles. Yeah, hot damn, dude. But there is one that says somebody who said that it's been used as far back as 1988 when somebody took a play on it from the shits and grins, and they said giggles. So they probably yeah. messed up. They like probably accidentally get. said shits and giggles. Right. So there you go. There you have it. So it's a very pre- relatively new. This show is all about learning and facts. About life I just, and the important parts of life. I just want to know more about close your eyes and spray because I feel like <laughs> that one is one that it's uh, it's it's. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm going to edit this one down. This one's sure getting, you are. This sure one, you are. This one's getting yep. edited way down. Yeah, sure it is. Uh, you know, close your eyes and spray um, first originated in the late 1950s. Um, it is Latin based. Um, it's something that actually came from a playwright referencing an old um there was going to be this this movie that was actually funded by warner brothers but didn't make it greenlit um about a a fellow who worked at a lookout tower at an airport in iowa was his name spongebob no nope uh his name was carl pecton uh ironically heir to the 
Pecton. Pecton Fortune. Right. Yeah, the family who, you know, created this thing that could make jam and uh, gummy things work out really well. No, no, or no. Or just gummy things. It, it's that little... Uh, you know, um, don't tell me what the Pecton Fortune is all about. Uh, it though. is. It's that little bird that goes down and... You're right. Yep. And pecks. Pecton. It's sure. the Pecton. The, it was actually called the Pecton Bird. I feel like we're getting sidetracked from this <laughs> factual story here. Uh, so... Yeah, it was, you know, it was a guy who had this lookout station and, and just had a lot of weird interactions with people. Um, and it was a bit of a mumblecore, like before mumblecore was even a thing. So, that, I mean, now it gets regarded in the cinematic world as sort of this heroic screenplay that never saw the light of day. But, you know, there's there's talk that uh, Wes Anderson might be involved in, in some kind of remake. Back Are you talking directly to Wes? Werner Herzog. No, I just, you know, reading the trades. <laughs> with Werner Herzog? Yeah, yeah it's a West, weird combo. Werner and, Werner and Wes. Well, there, there's, West. there's rumors they might have a new production company. Oh, uh, um, right, with Errol Morris. W&W, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Moses is going to jump in and do some stuff too. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be all really close in on on the pecton bird. WWE. Yeah, on the pecton bird. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, good story. Okay, so this has been talking in chairs. (laughs) It definitely has not been vomiting rainbows. Uh, You can. What is that? A little little backhanded slap? Uh, thank, passive aggressive? Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, please follow us on Talking in Chairs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, read, rate, review us. Uh, and please submit your ideas. No one submitted the idea uh, or the email about Joe's mysterious uh, uh, ailment or whatever. Yeah, so suck gonna- on that. It's a, what is it called where you can't convict someone of a felony? Uh, after there's a certain amount of time. Oh no, the, we have plenty. I got of time. that with my ideas. <laughs> you are so hungover now. You're just sliding down in the chair. I think that's how I felt the last time we did the podcast. <laughs> I can't even. Uh, to, just to give you a picture, Joe is now completely slouched down in the chair and has his like a little baby has a bottle. He's just like has the microphone talking on the side of his yeah, shoulder. Yeah, that's right. Like it's a still sounds great. Like it's your wubby or something. Wait, oh. hold on. Is a wubby the thing that you the warm pack? Yeah, it's something like that. Okay, it is. Yeah, I think so. Because I've had conversations with people that like wubby's not a real thing, but then no. I hear other people use it. This is gotta be like an East Coast West Coast thing. I think a wubby is like whatever like blanket you carry around. Oh, because I thought it was those warm packs, the specifically those red like rubber things that you fill with hot water. Oh, and you have like a yeah, stomach yeah, yeah. ache. I thought that was a wubby. No, I don't know. Okay. Right. Maybe 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 to you is that your wubby? Your microphone is your wubby. <laughs> My wubby. Uh, so yeah, please submit your ideas. Uh, and uh, it's super easy. Just go to talkingchairs.com. There's a a page right there. Um, and thanks. Thanks. <laughs>